Hello and welcome to What Is Your Working Class, the podcast dedicated to exploring the rich variety that exists in working class identity. Today I'm talking to Glaswegian artist Tracky McLeod. And just to remind you to follow us on Twitter at What Is Your Work One, that is What Is Your Work One, and on your chosen podcast provider. Thank you very much for listening and hope you enjoy today's episode. Ah, oh, yeah, how's it going? Yeah, good, mate. Good, mate. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Bit sleepy. I think that's a <laughs> recurring theme of like lockdown, but you know, what about you? I am the same. I'm the same. Pretty burnt out, but um, I ready to rumble. I'm, ah. I'm good. Aye. Glad to hear it. Uh, so I suppose the best way to start is what is your working class background? I, I am one class. Um, uh, my mum and dad both had quite up, uh, working class uh, upbringings. So naturally, that is kind of also been mine as well. Not as pure sob story or anything like Will's <laughs> smallest violin, but um, <laughs> I, I, I had a bit of a struggle, but I'm getting there. <laughs> uh, that's good. Uh, what did your mum and dad work as, if you don't mind me asking? Well, my dad is a, was a science technician, actually. Um, I think he left school when he was quite young and managed to get into doing that, which he done from the age of 20 up until he retired recently, which brought in a decent amount of income for him. And my mum, she did a couple of different jobs, actually, um, mainly in like retail, similar to myself. And more so recently, she is a cleaner in a school. So it's just me and my mum, we live together in Glasgow, so aye, pretty close. Nice. Um, whereabouts in Glasgow are you staying at the moment? Uh, we are in, we're in Scotston, so aye. Oh, just, pretty close to me. I'm sort of in Broomhill Highlandy uh, area, so not yeah, too far. Yeah, right. uh, it's just not far away. We were in White Inch for, that's where I grew up the majority of my youth, and then I was just recently moved to Scotston, so it's decent. Nice. What got you into making art, or maybe even It'd be easier saying, what got you into being creative? I was quite a messy kid. I was quite a, a yeah, quite a, a mental messy kid that enjoyed getting up to no good and painting walls. And I just genuinely been quite expressive. Like when I went into school, it was definitely something that was interested. It was something of interest to me, but it's not something that I necessarily took seriously. I was not a particularly amazing student or like exam-wise or anything, it wasn't something that came naturally to me. So when I when I left school, didn't really have very many hires or whatever to my name. I went to college and luckily got into a HND, which was in visual communications. And to be fair, at the time, it was a bit of a win. <laughs> but like that was, uh, didn't really know what I was doing at that point. But for then on, I've, I've, I've worked on it and I graduated for uni and stuff and doing my doing my own creative thing on the side it's a bit of a side hustle just now but it's definitely my passion so what made you decide to go right I'm gonna go to uni I'm gonna properly pursue this and what made you where where'd you actually go for uni um, it just felt like naturally the next step it was something that definitely wasn't on my radar when I was at school it wasn't something that was offered um the school I went to was Heinland and it was a bit of a mix of working class people and then people that were from Heinland that did have the opportunities that necessarily weren't, I don't know if they were dished out to everyone. After college, it just felt, well, my sister was the first person in my family to, to go to uni, so to see that and see how well she done, and she's she's pretty academic and she's a hard worker, and for me that's 
was pretty inspiring. So when I finished college, I applied to the Glasgow School of Art, which for me was just um, a pipe dream at this point because it just felt very out of my out of my realm, out of my, my ballpark sort of thing. And I didn't get in the first time and it kind of broke me a wee bit because you automatically just say, oh, I'm not good enough or they, they, don't, they don't like what I do, whatever. You just you take it personally as a 18-year-old guy, 19-year-old guy, whatever. Um, so went to Tramway for a year and that was a big bit up the arse. That's like a like a general year where they can teach you your portfolio and stuff. And, and I just went back the next year and applied and I got in and it was amazing. It was a pretty big deal for me and my family. So I, I can't actually, I went to Highland as well. Oh, did you? <laughs> I, <laughs> I'm probably a bit older than you though. I'm, 20, I'm 28 next month. So. You're 28, I'm 25. <laughs> So, so you're looking bloody good for 28 i will say <laughs> christ thank you i'll take it, I'll take it. Uh, how'd you find it at the art school for the development um, of your artistic practice do you know what? it was good um it taught me a lot of things that i don't think i would have got elsewhere i think it gave me teaches you a level of taste i think which is important to understand what's going on like in the art world GSE has a lot of like issues within how they structure it, I think. But the, I did come away for like things like time management and I'm very proactive and I can juggle projects and life skills that I think most people need to learn. So I came away with that. But like in regards to I think the first two years I was just like in awe of the fact that I was there and the social aspect of it as well as the curriculum was fun and it was expressive and you could do really what whatever you wanted that's my course was a communication design sorry so it was it was like illustration graphics and photography so it was a bit of everything and then when you get into your third year and um, you have to pick one of them and I picked graphic design thinking stupidly that's the easiest one to explain out of the three of them and that's the one that I'll get <laughs> the most money of of what I thought at the time was where, where the money would lie basically which was a stupid way of looking at it and um, when my heart was probably more in the photography element of it even though I didn't really know very much about it by the experience towards the end I think that's I think one of your questions was about class like I don't think I ever noticed my working classness until I got towards the end of uni and you start realizing maybe microaggressions like my I wanted me to quit my part-time job to focus on the course but I needed the part-time job to be able to pay my rent to be able to go to university it was just a big yeah, the wee things like that, you start to notice, start to notice like the difference in the wealth between your classmates because they've got all the time and the money in the world to apply themselves to their work and to give the work the best finish possible. Whereas I'm juggling a, a job and money, it, your your outcomes are naturally not going to be as successful as your as your peers. So, aye, so that was very long winded way of answering your question. No, no, it touches on. I was going to ask you, when did you come to realise you were working class? Because, I mean, I had a quite a similar experience. I didn't quite realise, I didn't realise it until something happened at my uni. And I realised, oh, that makes so much sense. Yeah, it kind of puts you in your place a wee bit, doesn't it? It's not something I don't think I grew up even thinking about because you're surrounded by like-minded people. And even though I've had my struggles, I didn't need to struggle really for anything in the sense that like if I wanted something then I worked hard enough for it which is a very working class mentality that if you put in the graft then you will get it and 
that's kind of proven within me anyway. So, did you always have a working classness to the kind of work you were creating, or did that come about from you recognizing yourself as working class? I don't think so. See, when I, I recently looked back at quite a lot of my old work and naturally cringed at whatever I was making at the time because that <laughs> felt, <laughs> felt like um, I was. I was definitely trying to hit like what I thought was trendy and I think quite a lot of graphic designers or young creatives do do that when you're at college and you're wanting to point score with your tutors and you're wanting to show that I know this about this and I know that. It definitely started coming out again in, at that middle ground of uni where I started making work on Govan Hill which is where I was living at the time and the, the conditions that were happening in Govan Hill and the way that the people were being treated in Govan Hill and I think that then kind of having then reiterating that to my to my classmates or to my tutors or whatever and then being kind of like oh really is that is that did these things happen in Glasgow and the rich and the poor divide sort of thing so I, that's when it, my work definitely started being more representative of uh, my own narrative like in my own working class background Hopefully that answers your question. <laughs> I, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. There's no sort of correct answer for any of this. It's just sort of what is what you went through. But uh, I definitely yeah. think as an aesthetic appeal, my work does is um as a has a, like a heavy focus on like nostalgia, particularly my own experiences, my own narrative as like a working class queer guy in Glasgow and what it was like. My, my more recent stuff is mainly like growing up as a teenager and just answering questions that you that you never really had answers to before by making work through it sort of thing do you sort have you hidden away sort of your older work where you go oh this is utter shy i don't want anybody seeing this or do you sort of like do you show it and just say you know what this is important to where i got where i'm heading to and where i'm at now I've got to be honest, it's hidden away, it's behind my bed, it's all stuff that, like, yeah, that is important to how I got there, but I don't know how relevant it is anymore because the world that we're living in is, like, for people to want to work with you, they want to see your most recent, up-to-date, conceptually strong, best work. So your Instagram is just the work that I'm making currently or the work that I've made in the short-term recent, like, the past, not too long ago. There are certain pieces I work um like my high-vis vest that I posted, the full English piece, that was something that I made when I was in third year at uni. And I looked back at it and I thought, you know what, that's that's definitely like a strong piece of work for me and I, and I would bring it back. So I repurposed it and put it back up on Instagram. And there's a few things that I, I do that I'm, it's not that I'm not proud of, but there's a few things that I bring back and say this fits, this still fits now, which means it was current for me at the time. I was going to ask because there's a couple pieces of yours. There's the high vis vest one and the football strips. Yeah. And I was wondering what uh, drew you to looking at fashion in the first place. It's quite a that's a good question. <laughs> it's quite a I feel like fashion is quite an important part of me and how I present myself to the world. And I think that's something that I've definitely got from my mum, my mother how much money you had in your pocket. She always, she's always managed to present herself well and she always takes pride in her appearance. We always laugh about her, like, oh, before she leaves the house, she'll always put her face on, she'll always put her makeup on, that's what we call it, sort of thing. So I think that's something, even from 
younger when I look back at pictures of me and my sister, like <laughs> my mum made some absolute choices. But it's funny because like at me and my sister take risks in our everyday everyday style and I think that's it's very important to make make your mark. Like football wise, I think that was uh that was something to do with like just being brought up with quite a, a heavily football orientated background um, and just not being a part of it or not feeling that you fitted into it. I think for a long time, um, up until my late teens anyway, I felt like that was something that was wrong with me or why couldn't I have been a part of that? But as I've made these works, starting in 2018, still doing them now with the football tops, it's, it's less about being involved. It's about recognising that for what it was, which is patriarchal man's man's shite <laughs> um, <laughs> aye, it's a lot deeper than that obviously of course but it's just gives me a, it gives me a the football talks give me a, a way of expressing those ideas do you think in being somebody who is queer and working class that gives you uh tension in how you explore the idea of what is working a working class masculinity it definitely gives me a a different narrative than what other artists are out there just now that are talking about masculinity. It's quite a saturated art world market people talking about masculinity just now. So I think the fact that my being queer does bring something new to the table. It's just a, it's a it's definitely a, it's definitely a recent thing that I've touched on. So it's not it's not something I fully realised thought pattern about class and sexuality. What was the question again? Sorry. It was a long-winded question. Sorry. <laughs> um, so sorry. how do you relate your queer identity to your working class identity in how you approach your creative work? Well, they go kind of hand in hand, don't they? Quite a lot of it, the, the masculinity stuff is about trying to fit in. It's about trying to avoid that part of yourself to fit this mask, hyper-masculine uh, world. And when you realise that you don't need to be a part of that or you don't need to try and fit into that, it's it's quite liberating. Yeah, I think going to GSA was quite a, a liberating experience, meeting people of all sorts of backgrounds, genders, um, sexualities and stuff. So I think that's one thing I can take away from going to somewhere like that is that it was an eye-opener and it, an eye-opener that I don't think otherwise I would have necessarily experience because I wouldn't be surrounded by such like-minded but also different kinds of people. I don't know if I have a necessary answer for your All question right. but that's my... Yeah. my I don't think that. anybody does honestly. <laughs> I think everyone just sort of is <laughs> trying to figure it out. They're in this state of like okay what is it now? <laughs> Having been in the same position as you sort of going through uni and coming out the other end, do you feel that your class identity has changed because of the experience of higher education? And if so, how do you see your class origin with where you see your class identity now? What it was after graduating was a reminder that not many universities set you up on the right path of getting into a job. That's not that, that's what they say they're going to do. But the reality is, as soon as I left, I was back into full-time retail. It was, I was on a part-time job, but that was my full-time job because I needed to pay my rent, to, to, to live, to, to contribute towards my house, to keep us going sort of thing. So I think university does still favour people of 
whether this is controversial or not, people of a higher class, because I noticed that the people that come and study from other places that all come away with first class degrees always manage to find that foot in the door, especially in the creative world. They always, I think, go down to London and can afford to do an unpaid internship, whereas that was just never on the cards for me. So my journey to get to the top or to trying to break through into this art world is going to be a much slower one and a much more difficult one, whether people want to admit that or not, but I know a lot of other working class creatives that their passion is their side hustle because they've still got money to make. So I, I think university put the cat amongst the pigeons in the sense it made me realise that yep, I'm still at the bottom, even though I've graduated from Glasgow School of Art and I'm really proud of myself and that's something that was out with something I'd ever seen coming but I still have a lot of hurdles to overcome not that that's the most biggest hurdle in the world like there's so many more issues in the world but yeah it's one of those things as well when I mean we're talking about art here Uh, like we're talking about the inaccessibility of art in terms of priority like it's not top of the list for most people because it's um because there's so much other bigger issues like the fact we still got homeless people on the streets, the fact that minimum wage isn't enough of a living wage. I mean, the issue of, oh, art is not diverse enough isn't really at the top, but it's still that question of how do we rectify that issue and make it so that we do not have this stratification of art and of the kind of work that's being promoted being of a very particular niche, of a very kind of familiarity. Like, I mean, I come from a classical music background and if I need to hear another piece about a scientific concept with a German title, I'm gonna <laughs> go off my bloody nut. Like, I, if it's great music, great, but so much of it is just tripe. Like, mm-hmm. honestly, terrible. <laughs> Sorry, mini rant. <laughs> I think the art world need, I've been, saying that, that they were going to address the inequality, but it's never it never amounts to anything. You don't you rarely hear of fucking Charles Sachi finding a working class artist and putting them on and championing them and putting the work in a gallery. It's just it's just not where we're at. But like to shout out like Guts Gallery uh, in London, which is run by my new friend Ellie, is that's the beginnings of she's championing working class or POC or trans artists that aren't getting the notoriety that they deserve and, and trying to break through that kind of, that wall that's up. So there is, and I've heard of a couple other places, that is an undercurrent of people starting their own galleries and I think that's important. So hopefully one day that's going to be the norm and it's going to be less difficult for particularly working class or POC or queer artists to leave uni and get themselves into a a good position being an artist aye here's hoping fingers crossed yeah. <laughs> aye um what are you working on at the moment just now um that's the thing obviously just with like lockdown and stuff basically i managed to get a studio space for a couple of weeks just to rent off of a team that were down in london so that was really beneficial because I can't really work from home, to be honest. It's quite, I'm, I'm, I've got a bit of a small room, so I've not got enough space to spread out. But my big project that I was working on is with um, uh, Levi's and End. Uh, they're doing a collaboration. Someone from Glasgow, someone from Newcastle, someone from London. So me and two other creatives get together. And I was to design um, 
used for different graphics for each of the, the cities, which was fun, and that's coming out in April. Um, I've got, I'm wanting to do some screen printing, so I've got in touch with a guy that would be able to maybe let me do some screen printing, obviously socially distanced and whatnot. That was the plan to, to do that. And then I've, collaboration wise, um, I found that lockdown, first lockdown was absolutely horrific creatively. I just really didn't leave the house or do anything, but this one, I felt like I haven't been able to apply myself. So I've done a collaboration with a friend, Flora, um, and she, made two shirts which were inspired by a video that used to circulate on everyone's phones when we were at school and I made a, I made a print from that um, and from that print was two shirts that were designed and then Laura created some hoods so there's that kind of fashion element to my work. I'm also working with my friend's sister who does upholstery and I'm going to reuse that fabric and cover a chair with it because I thought, why the fuck not? It's going to be the most garish, um, <laughs> over-the-top, over early Big Brothers, naughties decor that I've ever seen in my life. But I thought, fuck it, like, I'm I'm feeling inspired. I want to repurpose the print. So I've got that. And working with a creative in London, she repurposes football tops. So I've got a Rangers and a Celtic one, and we're bringing both the tops together to make this queer outfit. It's going to be very very gay and that's what I wanted because I had a lot of conversation with my friend about whether all grounds were LGBTQ plus friendly and we were having an argument and she was saying that they're going in that direction but to me they're not going in that direction at all so um, that's the plan to make an outfit based on those two football tops that is very footballer's wife's glam. <laughs> uh, okay I really want to see that when it comes <laughs> when it's made because it sounds yeah. great. <laughs> Thank you. It's quite interesting. You move between quite a wide range of mediums. Like you always tend to come back to sort of a fashion element, but those you're talking about screen printing, you're talking about upholstery. How do you decide and go, right, this idea, this needs to be in this medium? I think um, that I've, I think people can limit themselves as artists to say, I'm just a photographer. Like I do, do I do a course. Um, it's like a mentorship in photography right and yeah I'm interested in photography and quite a lot of people when we're talking were like I'm a photographer but to me like I'm an artist and I, I'm very much all over the place in the sense that like no medium is is off limits to me like I want to well that, that saying jack of all trades like master of none but I still want to be able to turn my hand to anything and I think to limit yourself to just one medium considering the course I did as well which was three kind of specialisms in the one, I think you're, you're doing yourself a disadvantage. You, you need to, I don't think it just comes to me, but I thought that, for example, the chair was, was just because I was looking at furniture and I was like, my print, it, we only we only designed two shirts and one of them I raffled away on Instagram and the other one I've kept for myself. So I thought, Do you know what, that would look class in a chair and just screen printing was a big part of like uni and stuff and typography and all the different types of mediums that you're allowed to like use not mediums what's the word I'm looking for facilities all the different types of facilities that you're allowed to use are are there at hand so see you and you leave uni and you've not got any of that to hand and you need to go and source it yourself it's 
it's difficult, but that's that's the fun part now of not actually working. It's like, right, I've got time to try and find someone that's good at making rings, for example. Like, I'm not, but I'll bring the idea to the table if you can help me make it sort of thing. Yeah, do you have a community of people that you work with in terms of, you know, function as an individual artist, but there's always a group of people that you go, right, what, what do you think of this? Is this good? Is it bad? Uh, yeah, yeah. Actually, I'm very lucky that majority of my friends, none of them from Glasgow School of Art, to be honest. A, a lot of my friends are just creatives in general. Just they all do different things. Like my friend Amy does like shoe designs. My friend Kieran does like bags and jacket uh, t-shirts. And just to shout out a few, there is like a lot of my friends have their side hustle, like whether it's nail art or like it, it is inspiring. So I'm lucky to if I've got an idea have someone to bounce off of and I think as a creative that's heavy important because when you leave and you don't have that tutor telling you this is right and this is wrong which most of the time they're talking shite it's nice to have a friend that will just be like right I think you're going down the right direction and get that help that you need all right the extra perspective yeah definitely definitely uh so where can people find your work unfortunately Instagram is the, the predominant because um, that's just that's just the game that everyone needs to play and I, and I hate it like I took some time off Instagram last year and I just eventually decided that when I was going to come back to it I was just going to make it strictly for creative stuff and no selfies and no well a couple of selfies slip the net but <laughs> <laughs> just to like just to make just to take my life into the real world you get so wrapped up in your phone and I think during lockdown it's been, been pretty difficult for us to step away from our phones so yeah for an artist I think to be able to make any money or to get any collaborations and stuff, it's all on Instagram. So I'm on Instagram at Tracking McLeod, but I've also got a website as well because we vintage website, why not? Um, and that's trackingmcleod.com. Right, I'm curious to know, what would you change about Instagram to make it a bit more, a bit better for creatives? Um, right, so... I, they, they, take, they took away likes for a day. Did you see that? I think so, I. Yeah, so they, they took it away that only you could see it. So I I had it for... My friend Rounds actually had it for a long time and hers just stuck, whereas as soon as I got it, I was like, yes. I was like, that's good because it doesn't tell you the number of likes that you got. Yeah, you can see who's liking it, but it takes away that kind of... Is that, a, is that a validation that people get from it? I'm sure there's like an endorphin thing that people get that if something's well liked, then you must be doing well. And, it, and it's bullshit. It's, it's all in your head. And unfortunately, we all play into it. So I think if Instagram may be done away with likes. And I think it's important to, for politics to be discussed, but how it's been discussed is definitely up for conversation. Because I think it's important for people to voice what they've got to say but also it becomes an echo chamber of just everyone saying the exact same thing and there's not any originality in the thought pattern. Does that make sense? Ah, completely. It's almost, it's almost touching on that idea of how you value things and mm-hmm. going more so on a, well, I, I might be simplifying it too much, going for a quantitative rather than a qualitative yeah. appraisal or something. And then on the whole political debate side, it does seem that you can get quite comfortably in your own echo chamber. Yeah. You, you uh, but it's so, 
I think it's just sort of the moment of time that we're in. It's sort of quite difficult to, I don't know. I feel like everything's quite polarized at the moment. Yeah, and yeah, we're not, definitely, yeah. definitely. The, the polarization, I think Instagram's feeling that as well. I think people aren't being open with their, their, their opinions on anything because out of fear of being cancelled or like having an opinion that doesn't go, that goes against the grain, which I think is then people losing the aspect of conversation. People aren't, having conversations they're just saying this is my opinion and this opinion needs to be heard and if you don't agree with that opinion then fuck off sort of thing so i, I think it's a heavy instagram's a heavy world to be in and if i could delete it and just get it back every time to post a bit of work and keep my my creative flow going then i think i would i think i'm hoping in the future we move on to some other aspect and i think it's important every creative should have a website it's, instagram can't just be your sole your sole trade if someone who's not on instagram or some like artist or somebody collects artwork and wants to find you and types you into google you should be able to come across your website and be like right this is what this person's all about without any selfies <laughs> <laughs> or an overabundance of selfies <laughs> it's weird self-portraits i suppose this is quite a mean question and it's something i've been thinking about in making work that is staunchly about working classness have you ever felt you have shied away from going all in on a particular subject matter because you are cautious of the current political climate weirdly enough i, I posted something recently which was um that this artwork just solves sectarianism um, and it's just basically two rangers a rangers and a celtic top framed and it says uh, you know the tops that you got like when you went to like benedorm or like Magloth or something it says i'm with stupid and it's got the arrow pointing at it both of them were just pointing at each other and the photo that i did originally post had me in the middle and then a photo of the work or whatever but i struggled to write the sentence the bio about the work because i was scared of offending or selling saying that sectarianism is built on nothing which there's so much history attached to it but the whole point of the work was about my stance on being somewhere in that middle ground that hazy middle ground as a queer man of not giving a fuck about football and and having to deal with arsehole men on the bus or having to deal with trying to get to work but there's a march in the way and and I, and I was coming across in a very I was writing it in a very flippant and silly manner because that's what the work was about I wasn't saying Rangers are wrong, Celtic are wrong. I'm saying this, everything that surrounds it, the people that ruin it for everyone else is what is wrong. The the taxi drivers that make you fucking listen to talk sport and all that sort of shit. So the I wrote it and then I got a great response and probably one of the best pieces that I'd put out that people were really like, I completely know where you're coming from and that's important for me as a creative to be able to like make work that's relatable it's not this pure artifarty overly conceptual bullshit it's like oh i see what he's meaning by that but it rocked the boat with some people not some people it was two guys it was two it was a guy and it was a girl saying do you not think you've just kind of brushed over um the historical aspect and what i had to then rejig the bio bit was to be like this isn't about the history behind it this is about my perspective i'm not i'm not saying anything that happened before and is wrong because there was so much wrong done 
and a person and a guy wrote this is shite or something, whatever. I basically turned the comments off and I went back to my friends and I sent it to my friend who's a diehard Celtic fan. I sent it to a guy that I know that's a diehard Rangers fan and I said, have I said anything that's remotely controversial? And they were like, no, not at all. But I think I'd used a word, I think instead of sectarianism, I'd wrote something to that extent, which I thought meant the same thing, but bigotry, but it meant something else. So I took that word out just to cater to the piece and not to get myself wrapped up in something that it was fuck all to do with. They were just reading between the lines, but the people that were commenting are also as stupid as me in that sense. So they've just not really got the, the, the work, but the response I got apart from that was, was really, really good. I also feel like if I'm talking about sexuality, that I want to make it clear that this is my standpoint and this is how this has affected me because I know everyone's experiences of sexuality has been different and because mine's is so heavy narrative focused uh, bio biographical I've just got to make that known Aye. and talking about the history and the context that comes with the Rangers and Celtic strips how do you try to or rather how do you feel you can in the future try to make it so that you're focusing on the subject itself and not what people may perceive it to be? I don't think the, the subject itself is only relevant to me as an artist because of my own experiences from that divide, having been brought up with like, a very uh, Rangers background, but then having friends and other family, whatever, very Celtic, it was, the, there's that weird, hazy middle ground, and trust me, I tried to fit in and do it all, and it just wasn't, it just wasn't for me. So I think I'm only going to talk about something if I feel like I've got to grips with it, or like I've done my research, I wouldn't go into talking about sectarianism and, and that kind of, I'm only I'm only touching on it from one one angle, and it's a very from a very outside perspective. I'm not going to go in amongst the nitty gritty because that's just polarizing. That's just fueling the shit. I, I think I'm answering your question, but I'm not sure. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it's it's with everything. You get so much of a um, you get so much history with uh, anything. How can so one bit people... of artwork? How can uh, one bit of artwork completely talk about all that history? It can. It's not. It's not possible. And there's always going to be someone that disagrees. Aye, uh, and it's one of those things where you're like, oh god, I don't want to have like one single object and then have like a twenty-minute artist talk just to like remove uh, yeah. all the possible ways people could perceive it. But it's yeah. it's a conflict of how to be really clear on the concept. Thank you so much for talking Thank to you me, Travis. Really I appreciate great. that. And hopefully yeah, I'll see you about Glasgow Town and we can get back to normality. Aye, definitely. <laughs> and that's the episode. I'd love to thank Tracky for coming and speaking to me today. And thank you for listening to this episode of What Is Your Working Class? Just to remind you that if you haven't already to follow us on Twitter at what is your work one and on your chosen podcast provider to stay up to date on all new episodes. Thanks again for listening and hopefully hear from me soon.